The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 15th chapter. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's, my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise.
Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So today we have before us the beloved story of the prodigal son. Our Lord tells us this poignant parable about a dysfunctional family in response to grumbling. You see, all the dishonest, disliked tax collectors and other sinners were coming near to Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and the scribes, the good religious people who love to follow the rules, were complaining because Jesus was once again hanging out with the riffraff. They think that if Jesus wants to be a proper religious person and teacher, he should not be hanging around with such people. So we have Jesus talking to two very different sets of people, and he offers them three parables to make a point about being lost and being found. A verse earlier, Jesus said, let anyone with ears to hear listen. And who is truly listening to Jesus? Well, we are told very clearly that it's the riffraff who are drawn near to the Lord to listen to his words. So who is lost and who is found? And does anyone care? You know, our Lord was a great teacher. One of his teaching tools was the parable. The word means to throw alongside. So he lays an everyday story alongside a spiritual truth. The first two parables are brief, and they are not included in our reading. First, the everyday story of the one lost sheep, the other 99 are just fine, but the shepherd goes out and finds that one who is lost and rejoices and throws a party. And the spiritual truth, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need to. And then there is the everyday story of the woman with ten coins who loses one, searches high and low, finds it, and calls her neighbors to rejoice with her. And the spiritual truth, again, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now the tax collectors and sinners who are listening so carefully to Jesus would see themselves as that lost sheep and that lost coin. And they would get a glimpse of God in heaven searching for them. They hadn't heard that good news before. The Pharisees, well, I wonder if they were too busy grumbling and judging and objecting to have open hearts and open ears. Well, in case they still hadn't gotten the point, Jesus tells them a third parable. Today's reading, the prodigal son. Prodigal means both recklessly wasteful and lavishly abundant. We will see both. Someone has described this familiar parable as being like your grandmother's chocolate chip cookies. You know what you're getting. You've had them before, but they are so good you don't want anyone messing with the recipe and you want them again and again. And I hope you feel that way about this familiar parable. Here it is. A man had two sons. The younger asks for his inheritance. And this is a highly unusual 
disgraceful, and even hateful thing to do. It was like telling his dad that he wished he was dead. Remarkably, the father grants his request, and a few days later this young ingrate took his whole inheritance and left to a distant country and squandered everything. Soon he was broke, and a famine took place, so he got an actual job. Now he was working for a non-Jew and doing the worst possible job of feeding the pigs. They were considered unclean, so he is totally alienated from who he was. He's so hungry he would gladly eat what the pigs ate, but nobody gave him anything. He has hit rock bottom. But then he opened his eyes and he saw the situation clearly. He realized that the hired hands at his father's estate had more than enough to eat while he was starving. So he formed a plan to tell his father how very sorry he was, that he had sinned against heaven and his father, that he wasn't worthy, that he would be utterly grateful just to be treated like a hired hand. He rehearsed his speech, and then he started off for home. And here is one of the most beautiful verses to me in all of Scripture. But while he was still far off, his father saw him. We'll come back to that. His father saw him, ran to him, hugged him, although he smelled like pigs, kissed him, and welcomed him home before his son had said one word. When the son could get a word in, he started to say what he had rehearsed, but that father interrupted his speech in order to do all the things that showed that boy he was still his son. Bring out the best robe, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, get a feast going, because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. And they had a big party, and they invited everyone, and they celebrated their brains out. Well, not everyone celebrated. Remember the older son? He comes in from the field where he has been dutifully working and working and working, while the ingrates squandered a third of what his family had worked so hard for for all those years. He comes in from the field, and what does he hear but a huge bash going on? When he heard that his rotten little brother was back and that his father was happy about it, he got venomously mad, and he refused to go into the party. Before this Father, the party wasn't complete without both of his boys. So just as he went out to bring his younger son home, now he goes out to get his older son and pleads with him to join in the joy. He refuses. You never threw a party for me, especially not a swank one. But for this son of yours who devoured your property, you celebrate him. This is so not fair. And the father, with wisdom and with longing 
for his fractured family to be whole, says, Son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and he has been found. And that's how it ends. The earthly story, a father with two sons, both lost. The spiritual truths, the father longs for everyone to come home to his extravagant love and the joy in heaven every time that happens. How do you respond to this parable? Do you relate to the younger son? Have you ever turned your back on God and gone to a distant country that wasn't what you thought it was going to be? If this is you, please know, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling you. Come on home now. Come home. Or do you identify with the older son? Has your sense of fairness ever been violated? Have you worked hard, been responsible, while the younger ones get away with everything and are forgiven over and over? Have you ever felt a little angry or resentful about that? Like the older brother, have you ever been surrounded by love and blessing, but not seen it? Have you ever lost awareness of all that God has given you every single day? If this is you, please know, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling you. Come on home now. Come home. Or do you relate to the Father? Granted, it might seem a little arrogant for a good Lutheran to identify with the God figure in the parable, but I assure you, it's okay. Have you ever lost someone you love and you would give anything to get that person back? Then you know the heart of the Father. Was he concerned about money, property, honor, dignity? No. He just cared about his kids. Did he institute a trial period to see if his younger son was worthy of forgiveness? No. He got the robe and the ring and the champagne and welcomed him back. Verse 20 slays me. While the son was far off, the father saw him. Since the day that boy broke his heart and left, the father never for a moment stopped hoping. Part of him was always scanning the horizon, hoping, just hoping. And when he saw his boy, oh, the joy of it, the running, the embracing, the kissing. And his love for his elder son was no less. He pleaded with him to enter into the joy. Do you identify with the father? Are you calling out to a lost one to come home? May God's arms be around you as you wait and hope and search. And how does this story end? 
For surely we are left with some questions. I wonder, will the elder son leave his resentments behind and put on a party hat and recognize that his brother is his brother? Will the Pharisees and the scribes let go of their grumbling and self-righteousness and listen to Jesus and understand that the outcasts and the sinners are also their family? Will each of us come home to God, repenting of our own particular sins, forgiving others as we have been forgiven, welcoming others as we have been welcomed as the family of God? And dare we hope even bigger, dare we hope that the nations of this earth will repent and put down weapons and greed and see one another as brothers and sisters. Dare we hope. I will close with the words of South African Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who died in December. He was an untiring worker for human rights. This is from his book, God Has a Dream. I have a dream, God says. Please help me to realize it. It is a dream of a world whose ugliness and squalor and poverty, its war and hostility, its greed and harsh competitiveness, its alienation and disharmony are changed into their glorious counterparts. When there will be more laughter, joy, and peace, where there will be justice and goodness and compassion and love and caring and sharing. I have a dream, God says, that swords will be beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, that my children will know that they are members of one family, the human family, God's family, my family. My friends, God's love is extravagant and God's embrace is wide, taking in each one of us and all of us and the whole world that God has made. So yes, let's dare to hope. Let's dream with God and let's work for joy and goodness and peace. May we all come home to God and may the angels in heaven rejoice. In the name of Jesus, amen.